The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Hallelujah. This service, we're looking at why pray. Why pray. I'm looking at why pray, the primary purposes of prayer. Why pray. You know, a lot of people don't pray because they don't know why they should pray. And we are looking at why pray. It has been said that the man who knows how will always have a job. But the man who knows why will always be his boss. In other words, when you know the purpose of a thing, you always be ahead. And that's why the foreign countries are always ahead of Africa. Because they know why. So they know why the speaker is made. We can only use what we've made. We, don't, we did not invent a speaker. They know why. So they can invent a new one. See? So we're looking at why pray. If you look at James chapter 4, let's look at verse 2 and 3. It says, You lost and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. And yet you have not because you ask not. Verse 3. It says you ask and receive not because what? You ask amiss. So the reason many people are not getting answers in prayer, they're asking how? Amiss. Many people pray, but only a few know the primary purposes of prayer. Those who know the primary purposes of prayer make a business of prayer. They love to pray. They have the prayer habits. We are going to be searching the scriptures to know the primary purpose of prayer. First of all, let's redefine prayer in the context of God's word. Prayer, we said, is a verbal request. Say a verbal request. Say it again. Say a verbal request. Luke 11 verse 2 says, when you pray, say. Prayer is a verbal request made upon God based on his word with his promise to do what? To meet that need. So if you're going to pray, you have to say something. And if you're going to pray, you're going to say something to who? To God. James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who give it to all men liberally without finding fault. Amen? And it shall be given him. Now, another thing you've got to see here is that it says made upon God based on his word. If you study prayer from the Bible, you will notice that everyone that prayed, prayed God's word. Today, when people pray, they pray their emotion. Oh God, can't you see what I'm going through? That's not the prayer that changes things. That's not the prayer that gets results. You must pray in line with the word of God. Tell someone, pray in line with the word of God. Let's look at Genesis 32 verse 9 as a recap. It says, and Jacob said, oh God... He's talking to God. I said, you must say something if you're praying. If you're not talking, you're not. If you're not talking, you're not. If you're not talking, you're not. So if you pray, you must. You must talk. You must say something. He says, and Jacob said, oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which did what? Which said unto me. See? So it is, if you're going to pray to God, you must pray based on his word. A lot of people just want to pray. No, before you pray, because a lot of people don't know that prayer is actually a legal request. See, if you're going to go to court, 
and argue your case, you must argue your case based on what? The law. And a lot of you want to go and pray, they don't go based on the law. God's word. Let me prove it to you very quickly that prayer is actually a legal request. Luke 18, let's begin from verse 1. We'll come back here. It says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Number 2, verse 2, saying there was in a city a judge. What's he talking about? What's Jesus talking about? Go back to verse 1 again. We're going to view it. Verse 1. And he spoke a parable unto this end. He spoke a parable unto them for this purpose. See? So the purpose of this parable, when it says to this end, means for this purpose. All right? Then he says that men ought always to pray and what? And not to faint. So what's he talking about? What's the purpose of the parable? Beautiful. Verse 2. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Verse 3. And there was a... A, a, a widow in that city and she came unto him saying avenge me of mine adversary in other words I demand justice next verse and it would not for a while but afterward he said within himself do I fear not God nor regard man next verse yet because this widow troubled me I will avenge her lest by a continual coming she weary me verse 6 and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Now, the unjust judge is not God. There's someone say God is like the unjust. No, it says, hear what the unjust judge. God is a just judge. Are we together? All right, now move on, please. Verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be along with them? Verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? So, he uses prayer, or he uses the law, as an expression of how prayer should be. So, if you're going to get results in prayer, you must understand that there are rules in prayer. And that's why I said, if you want to talk to God, you must pray to God based on his word. People don't pray to God based on his word. They pray to God based on their need. No, you pray to God based on his word with his promise to meet that need. If you don't pray that way, you won't get answers. So people are praying and they say, I've been praying for a long time. What did you pray? I told God that I don't suffer too much. Make him help me. That's not prayer. That's complaint. So a lot of people, they, they, I don't just know why God hasn't done anything yet. Because you are not praying yet. You don't understand prayer. And the, the amazing thing that prayer is something people just jump into. Yes, yes, uh, let us pray. Uh, let us pray. What are we praying? Uh, let us pray. Father, this woman don't suffer. She don't suffer. Oh God, have mercy. Lord, don't be smarting. This woman, her husband, they punch her eye. Well, well, Lord, look at her face now. Things swell up. You know, it, yes. <laughs> but when you want to pray, the first thing you come, you come on the basis of his word. When Jesus went into prayer at the tomb of Lazarus, do you know what he said? He said, Father, I thank you for thou hast heard me. Because thou hears me always. Why? Because the Bible says to you the answer prayer shall all flesh come. Before they will call out the answer, why are you speaking? I will hear. So Jesus has decided speaking and said, you've heard me. What's he doing? He was praying based on the word. That when I open my mouth to pray, God answers. 
Now it's not by your crying. If it's by your crying, why haven't you gotten answers yet? God doesn't answer tears. He answers faith. And it's not by your threats. Say, Lord, if you don't answer, I will backslide. You will go to hell. <laughs> Praise God. All right, go back to where we were. Genesis 32, verse 9. It says, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me. Notice this. He wants to pray. The Lord which said unto me. So that's why I say, if you're going to pray and get results, you must know the Bible. Then he says, Return unto thy country and to thy kingdom, and I'll deal well with thee. In other words, God, you told me to go back to my country and my kingdom, and I'll deal well with me. My brother has come to kill me, so move on, move on, verse 10. I am not worthy of the least of all the messes and of all the truth which I showed unto thy servant, for my staff have passed over this Jordan and now have become two bands. Verse 11. It says, Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And I was, deliver me. Esau is going to come, come to kill everybody. But look at what he tells God in the next verse. And thou said. Now, Esau is coming to kill me. Lord, Esau is coming to kill me. But you said, what did God say? I will surely do the good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be normal for multitude. In other words, if Esau kills me, your word failed. And God cannot deny himself. When you go to court, you begin to quote sections. Right? You say, according to section such, subsection such of the constitution, right? We also quote. We quote section Ephesians. Subsection 3, Article 20, which says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power working in us. Therefore, Father, based on your word, I know that this thing is not big for you to do. So I expect answers in Jesus' name. And because you cannot deny himself, you cannot deny yourself because you said this. You said you're not a man that you should lie. And if this word fails, you, you argue your case. That's why when God wanted to kill the children of Israel, he told Moses, I'm going to kill them. And I will start a new nation from you. He started talking to God and told God, remember what you said. The Bible says God repented. God repented. Because now God was going to go back on his word. And he said, this is what you said in your word. God says, that, that's what I said. Remember what you swore. You swore. You said your covenant you will not break. How can I die childless? It's not consistent with your word. God says, relax. You go born next year. One of our family relatives just died childless. Childless. They went everywhere. But they never came on the basis of God's word. 
She baited in rivers, did everything. It's not a man of how many places you go. It's are you coming based on the word? You go into the Bible, you look into it, you gather the scriptures. What does the Bible say about giving birth? What does the Bible say about getting a job? What does the Bible say about getting a house? What does the Bible say about a church growing? What does the Bible say? If you come to God based on his word, meeting the conditions, you won't be denied. You got to come based on his word. This man came on the word. And when he prayed this prayer, an angel appeared in the night. And the angel wrestled with him all night long. Can you remember the story? If you read from verse 22, give me verse 22, please. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women, servants and his eleven sons and passed over for Japok. Next verse, please. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. Next verse. And Jacob was left alone and they wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. That was an angel. We're saying at 12 verse 4. That was an angel. And Jacob was left alone and they wrestled an angel with, where is it? Yea, he had power. Yet he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in bed and there he spake with us. An angel came. When Daniel prayed based on the word in Daniel 9, what happened? An angel came. Why you're not seeing angelic activity, supernatural assistance? You're not praying based on the word. You're praying based on your emotion. Oh God, if you feel help me, help me. If you don't help me, may you, may you leave. Don't tire. Don't pray, pray. Waka, 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 nothing. I beg. If I vex, I'll go to you also. You know, you are the one that have more problems. Daniel prayed. Daniel 9, 2 and 3, please, quickly. He says, Daniel 9, 2 and 3. In the first year of his reign, I, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years which the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Next, verse 3. And I set my face on the Lord to seek my prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. When he saw it in the word, he prayed. You don't just jump up. You get into the Bible. What does the Bible say about this thing? Give me verse 23, please. Daniel 9, 23. It says, at the beginning of our supplications... In fact, give me verse 22 so that they can see this. He informed me and, and talked with me. Give me 21. I want to see when he was saying while I was speaking in prayer. Okay. He says, and he, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, that's the angel, whom I had seen in the beginning, in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. That's the time of the hour of prayer, three o'clock. The Jews then, they had three hours of prayer, 12, uh, 9, 12, and 3. Now this is, as he was praying at 3 o'clock, an angel, angel has come to tap him. Read this prayer. That prayer was about, maybe about 20 something minutes, if you read it. Answer had come. He was praying the word. Let's move on quickly. Verse 22. 
And he informed me and talked with me and said, Daniel, I'm comfort. I'm now comfort to give this kid on the sign in verse 23. At the, at the beginning of that supplication, the commandment came forth, and I'm come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Notice the angel came. He was praying the word. Don't just jump up and say, let's begin to pray. Take your time. Like I told you, get all these series on prayer. Listen to them again and again and again. Then pray some dangerous prayers. You'll be surprised how swift God will answer. Are you out there? Are you learning something today? There's no mystery to prayer. Just pray the word. Tell someone, just pray the word. Yeah. First John 5 verse 14, quickly please. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, that's according to his word, he heareth us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. See that? Number two, we learned that prayer is partnering with God. Prayer is partnering with God to bring his plans to pass. Isaiah 45, 11. Prayer is partnering with God to bring his plans to pass. It says, Thus here the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, his maker, asked me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Three, prayer is inviting God to intervene in the affairs of men. Prayer is inviting God to intervene in the affairs of men. Matthew 18, 18 to 19. Matthew 18, 18 to 19. Look at this, please. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. When you're inviting God, you bind, he binds. You loose, he looses. Verse 19. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth, that word is symphonia, to make one sound, as touching anything, as touching how many things? As touching how many things? That they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is where? You see that? So it says that if we ask him, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name shall hold on themselves and pray and turn from their wicked races, then I will hear from heaven and what? And I will heal their land. Now let's examine the primary purpose of prayer. Number one, to develop intimacy with the Father. Number one, to develop to develop Intimacy with the Father. Prayer is more than a means of getting things from God. Prayer is more than a means of getting things from God. It is a means of communicating with God the Father. Matthew 6 verse 5 quickly. Matthew 6, 5. It says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Hypocrites are very loud about their praying. They love to pray standing in the synagogue. They show themselves. And the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men, very nice unto you, they have their reward. So hypocrites are people who do things to impress others. Hypocrites are people who do things to impress others. So if you are doing anything to impress another, what are you? What are you? Because what are hypocrisy? Hypocrisy so just means someone who acts. They play actor. 
See? Prayer is communicating with God the Father. All healthy relationships require a healthy dose of communication. See? So, it, it, prayer is an indicator of spiritual health. You see, if, if, if you're not praying, it shows you're not healthy spiritually. Through prayer, the prayer habit, especially spending time praying with other tongues, we are cultivating a deep and intimate relationship with God the Father. Through prayer, the prayer habit, especially spending time praying with other tongues, we are cultivating a deep and intimate relationship with God the Father. So, prayer, the number one, is to develop intimacy with God. You're just praying, take it back to the back. Just, just fellowship with God. Just asking things. I remember a minister said he was moving things from his mother's house. His mother was moving to another state, and he had to drive a semi. A semi, a semi is those big trucks they use for parking things. So while he was driving the semi, he was praying, and he said he prayed for about six to eight hours that day, just speaking in tongues as he was driving. When he was driving, he had this desire not to travel to where he wanted to travel to. He wanted to travel to an, a Chile to go and minister in Chile. And because he was fellowshipping with God, God made him know he should not go to Chile. So he called the church that invited him and said he's not coming. And they were very angry with him. They said they would never invite him again. And all that. I said, don't, don't worry, God told me not to come. And they, because they already bought him the ticket, sent them the ticket and all that. So the, the flight he was supposed to take crashed and everybody died. See, that's why you need to spend time with God. You, you speak in other tongues. You're just there praying and speaking in other tongues and just speaking in other tongues. Just find time. You're doing something. washing clothes. He'll just tell you something because when you're speaking in tongues, they're fine-tuning your spirit and he'll just speak to you. He would have died. That's why you hear minister of God traveling somewhere there was a plane crash. They were not in fellowship. Because God doesn't take his servants by accident. The Lord asked me one time, he said, during the time there was a storm in Galilee, did me and my disciples are both capsized? I said, no. He said, don't desire such things. It's not my way of taking my servants. Even when Paul in Acts 27, did he die in the plane crash? Did he, um, the ship, the shipwreck? No. But when you read that scripture, you find out that they fasted for 14 days in the sea. Because Paul had already told them in Acts 27, let's begin from verse 9. Now, when much time was spent and when the sinning was not dangerous, because the fast was not already passed, that's the, the Passover fast, they started fasting, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sons, I perceive this voyage shall be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lady and sheep, but also of our lives. Never the centurion believed the master and owner of the sheep more than this thing were spoken of Paul. So they went into the, 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 the journey, and there was now danger, destruction, verse 21. And after long abstinence, they've been fasting. Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hacked unto me and have not lost some crates and to have gained this harm and loss. I, now, that's why every harm and loss in our lives, I'm not talking about persecution, harm and loss in our lives is because of disobedience. It says, he told them from the beginning, there will be hurt and much damage. Verse 22, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the sheep. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, 
whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before thee, and lo, God has given thee all them that say with thee, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, it shall be even as it was told me. Notice he had to believe the word. Verse 23. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the 14th day that you've tarried and continued fasting and have taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an, an hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Everybody started eating in verse 36. See, intimacy, just, just speaking tongues. Just, there's something the Lord taught me. It, it made me see that. It's something he said, he said, it's the man that prays that sees. When you read Acts 10, Peter was praying. And because Peter was praying and fasting on the roof of the house, God could tell him about people coming from Cornelius' house. And you notice when, when, when God told him, Peter, kill and eat, what did Peter say? He said, not so, Lord. So he knew the voice of God. It's, the voice came again, arise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, not so, Lord. The voice came the third time, arise, he said, not so, Lord. Then God said, what I have cleansed, don't call common. Then he said, arise, three men seek thee. He says, go with them, doubting nothing. I don't ask questions, just go with them. And his three men came from Cornelius' house. That means if it was not in prayer, he would have missed God's will for Cornelius' house. So the reason why we are missing God's will, missing opportunities, we're not spending time in the place of prayer. See, one reason, intimacy with God. That's why you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Go through foundation school. You get filled. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't speak in other tongues. After this service, just go to the inquiry stand and tell them, I want to get filled. They'll take your name and they'll take you through. Uh, they'll teach you the word of God and lay hands on you. You get filled. Because a lot of you are missing, dying in accidents, dying in plane crash, dying. A minister of God was on a fast in Nigeria and just before the Liberian War. And God spoke to him to call their bishop in Liberia to come to Nigeria. So he called the man and said, um, um, find, check if there's a flight to Nigeria today. And he said, there's a flight at 3.30. He said, take it immediately. The bishop flew down to Nigeria. At 5.30, the rebels went to his house in Liberia and said, where's the bishop from Nigeria? We're here to kill him. What if that minister was not in touch? All of us would be crying in Nigeria and say, hi! And God sent him to Liberia. I'll see how they killed him. Fellowship. 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 There are certain things about me you will never know. And there are certain dreams I have that you will never know until you sit down and talk with me. As you're talking with you, somehow it will just come out. There's something I want you. are like, wow, Pastor, you have such a dream. Yeah, I have such a dream. That's the thing with God. He's just talking and he shares with you. Look at Ken Hagen's um, niece that died. He said he just knew that somebody was going to die and fly out of the windshield. He said, but he was too busy to pray. So he, whenever they entered the car, he would tell his family, belt up, everybody use your belt, use your seat belt. Because he knew the person, there was going to be an accident, somebody would fly out of the windshield. And he got a, a call that his niece had died. That she had an accident and she flew from the windshield and fell into burning, uh, what do you use, uh, no, it's hot. That's how she died. As powerful as Kenneth Hagin was. He said he was too busy to pray. Could your business to pray be causing the enemy to destroy your family members?
He was praying one night and he just kept on praying and 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 praying. And guess what? He slept off after praying and saw that his brother was dead in the hotel because this is a dream. And the doctor said, he's dead. And he told the man, he's not dead. Check him again. The man to check it. He was alive. So several months later, I traveled to his hometown and he saw his brother. And his brother said, was trying to tell him, you know, I, I died. And uh, he, said, he, said, he told him the whole story. He said, did mama tell you? He said, no. I was praying and God showed me. Intimacy with God. You stay close to him. You stay in touch. You stay, because the devil is a wicked devil. So you need to be in touch. Just on being in touch. He, he prayed one night, just spent time praying and praying and praying. And the next day, one of their members went, they walk offshore with this oil rig and all that. And uh, they went to tie one of those, their poles. And the member said, he's not going off to do it today. They said, why are you not going to say he has a check? So you have a check? <laughs> then that's how they, they, another Christian said, that's how these church people are. And he went there as so he was trying to fix the pole. The pole fell and broke off his head. One pastor was in touch. Right in front of us here, you saw when Keke hit that, I remember. And um, he got up and I, and I went there. I said, Don't say, hey. I said, he cannot die. It's in front of our church. So I, I prayed with him. He went there. He said his leg was hurting. He said before then, he had been having this thing that something bad wanted to happen to him. They didn't know his joy. He said, he was so glad that he came for the prayer meeting that morning. He said, what would have happened if he didn't come? Because he knew that thing was coming. That accident was coming. He could sense it coming. And I told, before I heard the, his own part of the story from one of our pastors, I went to see him. I, I was telling the guy that was driving me, I said, thank God he came to church. I said, they were after that man. So we are having prayer meetings. You are just missing it. You don't even know what God will be sparing you from. I, I'm so busy. There's no problem. You have your own life, I have my own life, don't I? There's some prayers that you have to pray for yourself. Are you aware of that? Do you know I cannot eat for you? Do you know I cannot breathe for you? Prayer is like breathing. You need your own prayer life. Studying the word is like eating. You need your own study life. Some of you are waiting for someone to breathe for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me, oh. Pray for me, oh. And people are making money out of you. Say, bring uh, 26,000. We are going to fast for you. Be smart. Sometimes they don't even fast, though. Let me tell you. Because you are not the only one they collected from. So how many fasts will they fast? Come on now. You come and say, okay, this is your problem. You give us 50,000 to fast. Somebody else can't give it. Because your fast is, they say you fast for 40 days. The other person is 30 days. The other person, they are supposed to be fasting on and never eat throughout the whole year. Am I right? So that means they didn't fast your fast. They ate your money. Be wise. Say that man, they do the work for me. You're going to a native doctor. Number two, prayer is a command. Quickly. Prayer is a command. God the Father expects us to pray. God the Father expects us to pray. Luke 18 verse 1. It says, and he speak a parable unto them unto this end. Let's complete the last clause together. I want to read. That men ought 
always to pray and what? How often should we pray? How often should we pray? Talk to me, how often should we pray? During our training, one of the things they made clear to us that you must pray. And I, I, during my training in the Mysterio College, I, I, I loved the, 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 that part of prayer because I, I saw the value of prayer. Tell someone, prayer is a command. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. What does the Bible say? Pray without. Pray without. Pray without. So you too ought to be in prayer. I should be in prayer. A minister said, he was talking about the importance of people praying for themselves. He said, somebody sent him requests and said, please pray for me. He said, I forgot until the next day. What if it was life and death situation? That's why you need to pray for yourself, we sent to need of you pray for yourself. What if you send the text? Like someone told me, I, he sent text 7th, 8th, and 10th. I never received the text. But he said, he said, delivered. I said, but I never received it. You sent text, so pastor, please pray. And you sent it. And they said, delivered. It was never delivered. So you two did not pray. Then you not go hungry. And, and, and I sent text also to pray. And better pray for yourself. MJ is not reliable. Before you try to call me hurriedly, let me rush and call past you. Call me. I will start best answer. Hello? Who be that? Say, please give pastor the phone. Say, pastor? Like imam. Say, ah, because you call again. Hello? Ah, ah. Are they crazy? You- <laughs> That's all. Pray for yourself. Yeah. Pray for yourself. Number three, God invites us to pray. God invites us to pray. Prayer is responding to a divine invitation. Prayer is responding to a divine invitation. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Hear what God says. It says, call unto me. Who is talking? Who is talking? God. He says, and I will do what? And I'll do what? See, God invites us to pray. Say, pray. See, why should I pray? Because God told me I should pray. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So if I don't pray, I won't see the mighty hand of God. See? So, it's important you pray. God invites us to pray. And I'm taking him on this thing. He says, great, I'm I'm not praying small prayers anymore. That's why you need to get first service message on how to effect changes to prayer. Some of you want to change some things in your life. Get that message, how to effect changes through prayer. The next message you need to get, uh, the role of prayer and destiny fulfillment. Get those um, those series. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 14. It says, if my people... Who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. It says, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and what? I will heal their land. 
God invites us to pray. Number four. Prayer is an opportunity to participate in God's redemptive plan. God's will on earth will not be done without prayer. So you need to know that. So it's an opportunity to participate in God's redemptive plan. Matthew 9, 37 to 38. Look at this. Jesus is talking. Then said he unto the disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Verse 38. It says, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. The Lord is the Lord of the harvest. He says, But you pray that the Lord will send forth laborers into his harvest. It is God's harvest too, but you have to pray. See? Because the fulfillment of God's plan requires divine and human collaboration. The fulfillment of God's plan on earth requires divine and human collaboration. And one way we partner with God is in the place of prayer. One way we partner with God is in the place of prayer. I remember I shared with you of a woman in Texas that Kenneth Hagin shared about many years ago. He said that this woman used to pray every Sunday, two to four, no matter where she is. And she would take different communities in Texas and pray until they have a church there. She would be praying that God would send for laborers there. Send for, I mean, if you know Texas is like Jerusalem in America. You know that? Okay, some of you don't know. Texas, there are churches everywhere. See, a woman, two to four, every Sunday, an advanced woman, she would pray from two to four. You pray for that community, she would pray for that. So churches, when there's a church there, she takes to that community until she passed on to be with the Lord. See, a lot of times we think that God's plan will come to pass without prayer. No, you have to pray. Second Thessalonians 3, quickly verse 1 and 2. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us, watch this, that the word of the Lord may have free cause and what? And be glorified even as it is with you. It says, pray that the word of the Lord, God's word will have free cause. In other words, run swiftly, spread fast. See that? So God wants his word to spread fast. He says, but you pray so my word will spread fast. That's why you too, when you're coming to church, you will pray that what you hear will work in your life. You will pray that the word of God you hear will be the word you need to hear. Are you following me? Don't just come like, don't leave yourself at the mercy of chance. That they go to church. No, you, you, have, you have so many problems. You have, you are, you're confused. You pray, say, Father, as I'm going to church, speak a word to me that will give me fresh direction concerning this my problem. Are you out there? Look at verse 2. And that we may be delivered. Paul says, pray that we may be delivered from who? From unreasonable and what? And wicked men, for all men have no faith. Paul says, pray so that we can be delivered. So if we don't pray, Paul will not what? So there are things you could have been delivered from if you pray. Jesus even told us that we should pray, deliver us from where? Jesus said we should pray, deliver us from. That means there are certain temptations and problems you entered that you could have avoided if you prayed. There are certain marriages people have entered that they could have avoided if they prayed. See? So you pray, you pray for yourself. Holy Spirit, the Lord, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, see to it that I'm in the center of your will and let your dealings with me always be with your mercy. A man prayed one time and said, Father, if I go out of your will, make sure you break my leg. He had an accident and his leg broke. I don't pray that kind of nonsense prayer. 
Say, Lord, if I move out, break, break where? Because the Bible says none of his bones shall be broken. I stay with that one. Oh, Lord, break my leg. So you see, I, I went out of God's will, see the broken leg, see, look at it. God forbid, bad thing. Are you out there? All right. Number five. Through prayer, we unlock new phases of God's plan for our lives. Through prayer, we unlock new phases of God's plan for our lives. When you pray, you are going to unlock a new phase. See? When you pray, you unlock another phase. When you pray, you unlock another phase. There may be that are stuck in one place. See? Because they will not pray. First Thessalonians 2, 18. Paul said, I wanted to come to you. Even I, Paul, once and again. But what did he say? But Satan hindered us. Satan hindered Paul. If Satan can hinder you, Paul, Satan can hinder you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 16, verse 9, it says, A great and effectual door is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. So you open new faces through prayer. You open new faces through prayer. In Mark 1, 35 to 38, Jesus Christ went aside to a certain place and there prayed. And when the people came to find him, they said, Ah, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. Say, No, 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 no. I'm going to another city. Give me verse 38 quickly. Give me verse 38. Mark 1, 38. It says, And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. So when Jesus went to pray, he opened a new face. God said, Your work is done here. Go to the next city. You see? So some of you are in one phase. You, you, you've been in that same phase, the same cycle, the same cycle. Break out by prayer. Tell someone, Break out by prayer. Yes, yeah, many times you even have to fast. In Luke 6, 12 to 19, Jesus went and prayed all night. When he prayed all night, he chose his disciples. When he finished choosing the disciples, something outstanding happened. Hear me from verse 17. 17. Luke 6, 17. And he came down with them, finished prayer, and suddenly he played in the company of disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of town Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 18. And they that were vexed with unclean spirit, and they were healed. Verse 19. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and he did what? Heal them all. Now, Jesus entered a new phase. Now, people started touching his clothes to be healed. This was before the woman of the issue of blood touched. There was such an anointing. He said, let us touch him. He entered a new phase through prayer. You see, when you read John 5, verse 7, 7 from verse, John 5, 17 to 19, you read about Jesus talking about the Father will show him greater things that you may marvel. So it is in a place of prayer. God will begin to review new things so you, you're able to break into new seasons. In Luke 9, verse 38, you see something very, um, it was 28, Luke 9, 28. Is this helping anybody? You know, some people, they don't know why they should pray, but now you're knowing why you should pray. Why you should pray. And it came to pass, about, an eight, about eight days after these sayings, it took Peter and John and James, and they went into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening, and behold, they talked within two men, which were Moses and Elias. He entered another phase. And God said, this is my blossom. What did he say? Hear ye him. You open new phases through prayer. Let's take one last one for this service. Continue next um, second service. Through prayer, we initiate changes upon the earth. Through prayer, we initiate changes upon the earth. Now notice the people of God, their, their land is going through difficulty. But God says, if my people, 
which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. It says, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. So if you want to see changes, you must pray. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. In Isaiah 38 from verse 1 to 8, there's a man called Hezekiah. Hezekiah, God had told him through the prophet, you are going to die. Let's read that quickly. Let's see how you can effect changes through prayer. 38, Isaiah 38, beginning from verse 1, quickly. Isaiah 38. It says, And in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set an house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face unto the water, and the, what did he do? And prayed. The prophet just came and said, You are going to die. Someone had a revelation and said, I saw you that your had accident, your leg break. Now you are not going to enter car again. I had a revelation, your boat capsized. So are you going to the place? Ah, you want the boat to capsize? No, you are supposed to pray. The prophet came and said, You are going to die. The man prayed, verse 3. And said, Remember now, O Lord. I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and I have done that which is good in thy sight. And as I, as I wept so, verse 4. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, next verse, Go and say to Isaiah, Thoughts say the Lord. Now, I wish we could go, we could read the one in Second Corinthians, but because of time, you will notice that he said more. He said, he said only those in the grave cannot show forth your truth. Who will teach your truth to the next generation? And that was something that David said before. So he reminded God of his word that if I die, who will teach the next generation truth? God says, go and tell him. Thus said the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. You see that? I have heard thy prayer. Why? Because he prayed the word. He said, the grave cannot show forth your truth. The grave cannot declare your praise. Who will teach the next generation? God says, go and tell him, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. What did he say? Behold, I will add unto thy days. How many years? But didn't God tell him he would die? I had a revelation that I died during childbirth. So I'm preparing my husband. Nonsense. Pray! And they said there was a prophecy that some of us will be sacked. Pray! I saw my name in the list. Pray! Then you now feel very prophetic. I saw it too. I saw it that I will be sacked. Nonsense. You should have prayed. Because the reason why you had a pre-information so you could pray. Philippians 1.19 quickly. It says, I know that this shall turn through your prayer. I know that this shall turn. This shall turn. Tell someone, this shall turn. Through what? Your prayer. The reason things are not turning, you are not what? It's not those biscuit prayer you are praying on your bed. Sweet Jesus. Touch me. Even as I'm sleeping, touch me. <laughs> there should be an intensity. You pray. You pray. You pray. To turn it. This will not happen. You turn it. Father, I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to turn this thing around through prayer. I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to turn this thing around. Through prayer. There are many things that you could have turned around if you prayed. Many things. 
but you don't want to pray. You're looking for someone to pray for you. And that person is praying for himself. Think about it. You sent a text and the person's mailbox is full. So the number of messages pending. So the person did not delete messages till the next day. What will you do? You, you have a direct mail to God. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father. That means Jesus is saying that it's my father just as he's your father. Talking to the child of God. We are joined here together with him. Are we together? Alright, Philemon 1.22. Let's close with that. Is this helping anybody? Now, pause. Look at this. Paul says, Withal prepare me also a lodging, for I thrust that through your prayer I shall be what? Through your prayer. There are many things you could have had, but you don't want to pray. See, every child of God, God wants to hear your prayer. Are you aware of that? God hears it. God doesn't hear my prayer because I'm a pastor. He hears the prayer because I'm his child. And you are his child just as I'm his child. The same blood that bought us. Was I bought by special blood? No. That's why you need to get the series guarantees of answered prayer. We'll continue it in third service. But, but you, you need, you, you need to, to know that God wants to hear your own prayer. Your own prayer. Say God wants to hear my prayer. Say it again. Say God wants to hear my prayer. Give this to me in the Amplified Version. God wants to hear your prayer. He wants to hear your prayer. Your prayer. Your prayer. He wants to hear. But people just feel that it's only pastor's prayer. I won't raise you that way. I'll be remiss if I raise you to be dependent on me. I'll raise you to be dependent on him. So you too can be a pastor to others wherever you are. That's what I do. That's what I do. Now, someone came to me and said, Why is it that you, you share everything about your life and your secrets? I said, But many pastors will not share their secrets like this. So I said, Because they like people to depend on them. I said, I'm not like that. I like it when the people know what I know so they can do what I do. More people will be blessed that way, more people will be helped that way. Am I right?